genre. I'm Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. Bueller. 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 Everybody to Ferris Bueller's Mid and Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have the lovely hosts from Return to Oz Minute back with us again. Welcome back, Mike and Tierney. Hello. Hello. Good to be back. Thanks for being here, you guys. Last minute was a lot of fun. I'm excited. (laughs) We are in the suburbs now. Yes, today we're talking about minute 52, which starts with a very pretty shot of the Bueller house. And it ends with Rooney telling Ferris to come downstairs. I labeled this in my notes, the doorbell gag minute, because we get the first half of that. The first like 30 seconds of this minute is just Rooney walking up to the door. I got all excited because we hear a dog barking, but it's too high pitched to be our favorite pooch. (laughs) Yes. Uh, although when we get to it, when he gets to the door and he, he actually like rings the doorbell, we do hear a dog barking inside Ferris's house, which I think is the dog from later, Uh, which makes, which, uh, which excites me. I'm happy that he has a dog. I wish I knew the dog's name. We don't ever hear the dog's name. It's so sad. so cute. This pooch needs more attention. I like, there's a shot. So, so Rooney approaches the door and he presses down the doorbell and then there's a cut that's like a couple of frames where we see this like electronic device and it lights up there's like a little bulb that turns red and then we cut back to like him letting go of the doorbell so i like i like the how that shot's edited like the kind of quickness like oh something's going on here before we hear ferris's voice ask who is it but even that takes a couple seconds before we hear Ferris, we hear the dog barking and Rooney's kind of like, you know, when you're, you know, when you go like up to someone's door, like you, you, you like knock on the door, you ring the doorbell and you're waiting for someone to come and you're just kind of like that, that, that moment when you're standing there, like anticipating someone to come and let you in. Like, what do you do? I like that. He kind of, he kind of like turns his back on the door and he's just like looking around. He, he hums. He hums Donkashane. Uh, why is... <laughs> of course. Is he, like, the inspiration for later? I, I, well, I don't know, because Ferris sang it in the shower this morning. So, it's... It, com- it comes and goes throughout the whole movie, and then Jeannie's gonna sing it later when she leaves the police station, so I can't think that he... I, I don't... It's just sort of everywhere. It just kind of keeps popping up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, all right. I, I make okay. a fanfic all the time to explain things. No, so, perfect. they all attend or work at the same high school. Yes. 
Someone, they recently had a talent show. Someone did a skit to Donka Shane and it's stuck in everyone's head. You know how like you see it something was like later, you find yourself humming it? That's mm-hmm. why they all have it stuck in their head. Perfect. I'm into yep. that. Yep. I'm into that. So he's humming Donka Shane as he's waiting for someone to answer the door. And then over, I like that their house has an intercom system. Oh, I talk about that next. I was just like, they are so fancy. They are so fancy. Oh They're my so like. God. And I'm obsessed with their driveway. The little stir- I thought those were so cool. And- mm, it's oh, so nice. House. Their house is gorgeous. Uh, the actual house uh, that they're outside of here is in L.A. and not in Chicago, which was upsetting to John Hughes. But <laughs> it's what they made. It's what they made do with. It's like a like a country club now or something. It's not even like an actual person's house. It's got s- like seven bedrooms and five bathrooms. I think we talked about way, way long time ago. Do you remember? Right. Yeah. Wow. I think it's like some massive, this massive property. Um, it's so pretty. I love it so much. That's how you feel old. Have you seen the meme that's like the picture of the McAllister's house from Home Alone? And it's like, you know, you're an adult when you stare at this and wonder how Mr. McAllister afforded the mortgage on this house and tickets to Europe for nine people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just it's like, crazy. Like, what I, is this guy? I do what wonder. Do do? <laughs> well, we have we have discovered that um, that Jeannie Bueller. No, not Jeannie. Katie, the uh, yeah. mother. She's a real estate agent in literally the most affluent neighborhood in America. Yeah. And his dad and, works downtown. Yeah, so. his dad works downtown, and he's in advertising in, like, Chicago. So I'm sure that probably pays they're pretty well okay. for him, too. So, yeah, they're definitely well off. Although... I, I mean, and then this house is nothing compared yeah. to Cameron's. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does. You said this pooch needs more attention. And yes. And I 100% agree with that, because it makes me really sad that these people have so much money, but the parents both work full time and the kids are in school and who is paying attention to this dog all day who's yeah. stuck at home. No, he's no just at home. With. He's got a doggy Yet. door he can come and go, so he goes outside and he hangs out outside and barks at people. <laughs> he hangs out inside and he barks at people. Yep. Well that's why I like that Rooney gets out of the car and immediately a dog is barking, like all the dogs in this neighborhood are just so bored during they the just, day. Uh-huh. They're like a person There's a person, oh my god. Something's who are happening. You? Come play with me. Get out of here. I don't know. I don't know why my dog just <laughs> decided to be like bipolar and not bipolar know if he likes dog. The, oh, to bipolar be fair, dog. I feel like a lot of dogs are like that. Like, are you going to play with me or should you go away? I, I either I don't one. know if I like you yet. Come or come or go. Either. So <laughs> I, I like it. I like it a lot. So so we hear Ferris's voice over the intercom mm-hmm. and it's just that that sick kid voice he used when he was on the phone with his dad earlier. The he goes who is it? And Rooney comes back and is like, it's Ed Rooney, Ferris. I'd like to have a word with you. And Ferris's response. Okay, okay, okay. So Ferris, Ferris programmed this either this morning or like days ago, like preparing for, I'm going to take the day off and in case anyone comes by while I'm not home, um, there didn't, this didn't need to happen. If, if, if he rang the doorbell and nothing happened, you could just assume he'd, no one's there. He'd be like, suspicious. What's the... Why isn't Ferris but, there? But if he, he rings the doorbell... But, to but he rings door. the door... The thing is, he rings the doorbell twice, so, like, it's also reaffirming that he's not there. Which we'll talk about tomorrow, I suppose, but... Um, but Ferris has the whole conversation, which ends, and a normal person would then say, All right! 
and walk so, away. So, so it would have been... This, so in that case, this, this conversation should be tailored that anybody responding to it would think that he's actually talking to Ferris. So Ferris gives a yeah. ton of information. So it's like, who is it? And then it doesn't matter. It could be anybody. It could be the police. It could be a pizza guy. It could be... It's Rooney. So yeah. he's like, oh I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I can't come to the door right now. I'm afraid that in my weakened condition, I could take a nasty spill down the stairs and subject myself to further school absences. So Ferris is operating on the assumption that anyone who comes to the door knows that he's homesick. Mm-hmm. Because that information doesn't matter to the mailman if he was dropping something off and had like a package and rang the doorbell like he doesn't expect anyone to respond to him i i don't i like it i love all the like the doorbell gags i love the phone stuff like it's all really clever but i think it does seem tailored for rooney maybe a little bit i think the school absences thing is for rooney to hear well I, I just, all right, so did anyone else catch the greatest eye roll when he does say that? Rooney's, re- Rooney's face is just like, oh, give oh, me a break. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. So good. He's always got, like, the best, like, expressions. He does. His eye acting is on point. It really is. Like, every look he gives Grace, every look that has anything to do with Ferris is oh, yeah. just I think great. it's well, this I is think the guy. This is a guy who's. Just completely, you know, he's off the, he's just off the deep end. Like, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it, it's Moby Dick. Like, he, <laughs> the the whale is his all. He needs he needs to catch Ferris. Like, yes, that's that's his purpose in life now, and every other person is just an obstacle in that path. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, he's, he's gone so far as to leave the school grounds. Like, he's made this so personal. And, uh, and we'll see him take it even further, uh, later this week. I don't know. I, um, I dig it. So, so I mentioned there's a ton of, there's a ton of script stuff that happens here. Not here specifically, like, right here while he's at the door. But, like, between the baseball game and here. Um, yeah. There's a gym sequence that happens with Jeannie where she's like in the locker room that that they filmed. Um, It's in the original. There's like a little clip of it in the original trailer. And she's kind of telling her friend about how she's fed up that everyone like falls into Ferris's BS and and he gets away with everyone. And it's it's high time that everyone realized that he's just fooling. He's just got everyone fooled. And so she like has her declaration statement moment, which uh, which doesn't which just got cut. And then there's a sequence where they're, like, on a boat in the Chicago River, and they're talking about nuclear war. Uh, what? Yes. They're discussing their opinions on nuclear war, because there is stuff in this script that is heavy, that just got left at the side. Um, I think he asks... He Cameron asks, like, are you guys worried about nuclear war? That's such a Cameron thing. Yeah. Ferris is like, Cameron, it's a beautiful day. We've won our freedom. We're traveling down one of America's most scenic polluted waterways and you've got to bring up nuclear <laughs> war. <laughs> That's Cameron for you. Uh-huh. And so they, they talk a little bit about it and then it ends with, um, I mean, it lasts for a while. This conversation goes back and forth for like at least a couple pages. And then at the end of it, Sloan asks, what comes after a nuclear winter? 
And Ferris's answer is nuclear spring. <laughs> so he's, it's just, there, it's weird because in the script, John Hughes does kind of flirt with these sort of heavier topics. And then even, even then, even in this moment of like, we're having a sort of serious conversation here, Ferris can sort of offhandedly just, this isn't important. We're here to have fun. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad we got rid of that. I, I get it for the taking it out for this movie, but to be fair, I don't know about maybe the middle of a day when you've skipped school, but I remember, usually it was in like evenings, I feel like, when you were all bored and like there was nothing to do. You would get as teenagers into the these super, what you thought were like these super heavy, serious conversations. Uh-huh. And now as an adult, I'm just like, we had no idea what we were talking about at any point in time. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it does kind of fit like their age. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, the fact that like Cameron just out of the blue asks if people are worried about <laughs> nuclear war, like oh, it's I, so I don't. Nothing you're describing feels out of character. Yeah. For them, but I don't. I I think I agree that like you just you don't need it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like things are just moving along. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then this is where we have, uh, so we have that, we had Jeannie in the, in the, um, in the gym talking to her friend about how she's going to go catch Ferris. And then we have the sequence where she and Grace talk, which actually happened last week for us. Yeah. Hmm. And then we have, and then we have the museum sequence and then we have the parade <laughs> and then we get Rooney at Ferris's house. Jeez. So this this would actually happen like much later in the movie. Yeah. Um wow. Yeah. And and I think I think what what that case would be then is uh we we have a period of the movie where he's unconscious. And I think it would just you would just lose all of that. Like you put him there at the end of the movie, Jeannie calls the police. And then he's there when Ferris shows up, and you don't have to like make it last an hour of film time. I like time. that we get Rooney interspersed. Yeah, me too. Me too. Rather than just like making him, because because th- I think I think otherwise it feels like they're trying to set him up to be like a big adversary at the end, rather than just like another. And also doing all this at the end, that's a lot of Rooney in one In a very second. short amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I like the way that it gets spaced. I think it's pretty good. So we see him here uh, kind of peeking around the house. And we'll, we'll get more into that uh, after he finishes this conversation with Ferris tomorrow. All right. All right. This is a quick minute, you guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, everybody should go definitely check out Return to Oz Minute because that show was a blast. And uh, <laughs> you can find us on, both of us, find our shows on iTunes and give us five-star ratings and reviews because that helps other people find the show. Woohoo! And then, and then come back tomorrow for Minute 53 of Ferris, Bu- uh, Ferris Bueller's Minute Off. Donk a shame. I keep wanting to say Mr. Fanage. I, 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 <laughs> I still struggle. I still struggle. And you wonder why Scott picks on I know.